and welcome to the Midweek Mash Tatty Sportscast. This is MMA Mash, the weekly mixed martial arts roundup that features all the latest news and reviews from UFC, One Championship, Bellator, PFL and so much more. My name is of course Mick, as always I'm joined at Cage Side by the man that's more question and answer, it's Mr Paul Kerr. Oh hi! How we doing? <laughs> and the ever controversial is Mr Harvey E. Smith. Sup dog. Bra, bra. <laughs> For those hard of seeing, Harvey tapped his chest twice and then made a piece. <laughs> of course, that's everybody listening to a podcast who can't really see what's going on. Oh, How are we, lads? We're back for a couple of weeks off. Hiatus is happening everywhere in there, really. Aye. I was in that big a hiatus that I forgot to return for the hiatus last night. <laughs> so I am working off of zero knowledge this week, which is bloody brilliant in an MMA podcast. <laughs> I've watched a lot of documentaries, yep. though. <laughs> <laughs> On fire. Yeah. Maybe you can... Maybe you can, maybe you, you, can, you can give us some chat for the Aye. documentaries if you're watching it then. Ask me about Anatomy a Fighter. Ask me about uh, TJ Dillashaw. <laughs> I can tell you everything, man. Everything. <laughs> so on the show today uh, we're going to do a wee round up of Saturday night's boxing action we're going to talk about UFC from Saturday night we had UFC Vegas something I've not wrote the number down that was clever <laughs> uh, but there was a UFC in Vegas something something Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to look ahead to next week for us this weekend for you if you're listening on release day um, we've got some action coming up on Friday night and Saturday night uh, and I think towards the end what we'll do is we'll maybe spend a wee bit of time doing some predictions for the weekend's fights that might be something different so mm -hmm. without further ado let's get in on so, kicking it off with the boxing. So, it was a busy night, Saturday night for boxing. We had the rematch between Devin Haney and George Kambosos Jr. For the lightweight titles, I do believe. Uh, then we had Deontay Wilder versus Robert Hellenis for a wee one-hitter quitter uh, in Brooklyn, <laughs> New York. <laughs> And then we had, selling out the London O2, we had Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. So I want to talk a wee bit about Shields Marshall, but before we hit that, um, any thoughts on the other two fights? Well, specifically on the, um, the Deontay Wilder fight, I'd just like to ask what the point is in Robert Hellenius as a top level fighter <laughs> other than to be a prop dummy to just <laughs> knock over <laughs> well, because the punch to me looked like a shove in the face and this man dropped <laughs> like he'd seen the black dog <laughs> where was the power uh, in think, that punch? <laughs> well I think a lot of the power came for a combination of uh, Hellenius like basically running into it <laughs> And then the speed for Elder. But it certainly wasn't his most powerful punch he's ever threw. I, it, was, it was barely a jab. <laughs> uh, it was more It was more the timing and the fact that Hellenius didn't see it coming because he was too busy running. 
Aye, I mean, good on Wilder, like, I think for the two minutes that he was in there, he looked very good. Looked, again, very mobile again, uh, Ash. Was he? Debatable. Debatable? I mean, uh, mobile by Wilder's standards versus mobile as an actual top-level boxer is a totally different like, thing. He looked in better shape, right? He's lost a wee bit mm -hmm. weight again. He's back mm -hmm. to his kind I, of I noticed that he's lighter again, hasn't he? He was moving on his feet better, Right, a wee bit faster on his feet, a wee bit lighter on his feet, which probably a lot of that is because he's in better condition. He's dropped a wee bit of weight. But I can't see much improvement in his actual boxing skills, if I'm being honest. It just looked like the same old way there. Mm. So, aye. I mean, aye, take for that what you will. Like, <laughs> he's probably very capable with picking the right fights. He's probably very capable of getting back to title shot contention pretty soon. There is chat of uh, the WBC basically forcing a fight between him and Andy Ruiz Jr. I mean, that uh, would be fun to watch, would, by the way. That would name a number one contender for Fury's WBC title. Right. I'm, I mean, I, I'm uh, not totally against that, by the way. That is actual... And I immediately want to watch that just because of who it is because you know where Ruiz Junior there's an exciting fighter there I mean mm. obviously he's a he's a he's a draw because of how he looks because he's a big heavy chunky boy man but yeah he's he's got a bit of the skill about him and then Wilder with his yep. nuclear option makes him a very yep. interesting sort of draw as well so I'm mm. all for that by the way it's, it's one of the more interesting fights out there for Wilder um, I'm not convinced he'll he will be, you know, massively willing to go for that. Aye, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous option, isn't it? Because Ruiz uh, has a lot of skill uh, and a lot of power yep. on his own. Andy Ruiz could make him look stupid. <laughs> it's a possibility. Uh, he's an actual boxer. Like, he, it's very uh, deceptive in how he looks because he's, cause he's big and just looks like a big fat guy. Folk think, oh, well, he can't be only good, but he's very he's unusual. a fluffy fellow. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that one comes comes to fruition. I'll cross my fingers for that. But uh, I'd certainly be more interested in seeing that than than just seeing Wilder fight bombs. I mean, no offence to Alanis, like he had a good record, you know, on paper. But aye, it's one of the records no, that's kind of padded out by nobody's though, isn't it? Aye, he's, like he's, he's not a top level talent. Aye. Um. Heaney Combosis, haven't yet watched that one. Um, a wee bit too much on for me to see everything. But from what I've read, it was a very convincing performance for Devin Heaney uh, on fight night. Um, sweep the, the scorecards, unanimous decision, very comfortable decision over in Australia. That was so that was in Australia this time, right? He's very much cemented himself. Um, as the, 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 the undisputed champ there. So the, the question there is whether or not um, Lomachenko can get away for whatever he's doing to help the effort in Ukraine and get himself in, in shape for for a fight there or whether or not Haney just moves on to other things for the time being. Because that's, that's the biggest fight for him in that division. Mm, um, yeah. and as, as, as I mentioned to, to you Paul off air um, I don't know how much longer Haney can be at, at lightweight 
I think he has to look at going up in weight. Pretty right, soon. Uh, maybe it seems like he's to look at being cutting heavier. a lot of weight. So, aye. Um, another one to keep an eye on. I do wonder. What There's some we've spoke about on here many a time that you've only got a certain amount of time that you can get away with weight cutting in such an extreme mm. way before mm. it eventually catches up in your body. So, aye, yep, hopefully absolutely. for the sake of his career above all else, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, yep, for the sake of his health and career. Aye. Probably time to start thinking about moving up. Uh, I mean, the good thing with boxing is it's pretty easy to move up. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty mm. of options. In there's terms loads of, of divisions. Aye. Aye. Mm-hmm. In the thing with him, he's only 23. So now he, Actually, like, he's young. Eh? He's, he's in that. If he plays his cards right, he's got a long career ahead of him. Yep. Oh, aye. And, mm-hmm. like, now is, he, he can easily just put muscle on, like, build muscle and, to, and step up the weight divisions in the right way mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um, uh, he's no he's no huge but he's he's got a big enough frame that he can go up a, a weight class or two pretty mm-hmm. comfortably if he oh just, do you see you what know, you mean by the weight cut pictures my it. god described as 50 look, cents very and... gaunt looking <laughs> very gaunt looking anyways aye aye I just like 50 cent in that film man where he's got he plays somebody with cancer that's oh jeez Right enough, he's definitely meant to be a, a bigger boy. <laughs> I feel the ominous chuckle. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm just looking. <laughs> looks like a fucking crackhead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, yeah, you want to see how um, Combosis looked as well. He, he did not look good at the weigh-ins. He was another one, man. He'd, he'd, aye. Aye. Oh, he'd no, I'm looking at him and all. Doing some shit, man. Mm. So, the woman. Um, it was an all-female card at uh, the O2 in London. Um, looking to build on the big showdown between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano at the Madison Square Gardens during the summer. And mission accomplished, man. Sold out the O2. Some cracking fights on the card, on the undercard. And then that main event, Clarissa Shields, Vara Marshall, 100% lived up to the hype. It was an absolute cracker. It was a really good fight, really interesting fight. Non stop action, start to finish. Very, very good, man. Clarissa Shields just too good basically too good for, mm. for Marshall every fight I mean I've not to be fair I've not seen Sabana Marshall fight that many times but each fight that I've seen her in she gets progressively more and more like a fury oh right yeah. so Peter Peter Fury is our head coach uh, right okay now that I didn't you know Um. so I think like her last three or four fights he's been a head coach something like that it's like a handful of fights she's been with him now and she like if you watch that fight with Clarissa Shields she was very similar in her her approach to how Tyson Fury boxes a lot of the time that kind of slightly hunched over posture shoulders in to kind of give the chin a bit of cover plodding forward with a sort of pawing jab just touching the opponent, active, walking them mm. into the ropes. 
just that same mm-hmm. sort of bullying style. So I kind of ring bully effectively, kind of try to impose yep. yourself ever so um, slightly as the fight goes on and on and on. Yep. It seemed to be that the game plan was to to basically bully Clarissa Shields, stop, stop her for using her, her footwork and her, her speed and movement uh, and kind of tire her out as the fight wore on so that she could land more and more air power shots. So obviously Marshall's got um, KO power. She's, she's a very heavy hitter. Um, but Clarissa's heels was just too good, man. Mm. Anytime Marshall hesitated, uh, Clarissa's heels would just unload with like four, five, six punch combos, just going working um, body and head, just just quality top shelf boxing, just high skill stuff, man. Great head movement. At times, willing um, Marshall in signaler to come to come in, just standing against the ropes and not quite rope a dope, but. You know what I mean? Like she just like playing her at her own game. It's like you want to bully me? Like let's go. <laughs> and it was effectively like she she let Marshall tie herself out mm-hmm. with trying to put pressure on her, and it just wasn't working for her. Um, aye, masterful performance for Shields. Fair play, man. What does this do for women's boxing though? What's the next big thing now, as far as you're concerned? Obviously, with these two massive cars that have been headlined by women's boxing, what's what's right, next? So, What's conveniently what's next is um, Katie Taylor defending her titles next week. <laughs> oh, that's right. Jeez, oh, that is very convenient. <laughs> so that was um, easy. I'd, I'd be looking for that to be another really good fight. Um, there'll be a lot of eyes on it, I would imagine now, especially for like the boxing media and stuff. So that's um, going to help. It was Katie, Katie Taylor's fights are, are always a big deal, or at least for the last kind of you know five six fightings. Because um, mm-hmm. she's her, like her name's just kind of took off, man. She's a star now. Um, so I, I would I would look for that to to do well, and if that's a fun fight, and you know if she if she uh, retains her titles, um, then from there it's it's looking to build in that next year. Um, potential rematch with Amanda Serrano for Katie Taylor. Um, that would be another big fight to to book, and there's the potential no guarantees but there's the potential for a rematch between Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall but in America this time ah right okay mm-hmm. taking over there um, so it could be it could be another uh, like Manson Square Garden card I mean if I, I don't know how hard it would be to put together but if it was possible put the two fights on the same card headline of Mars right Square okay that would be ridiculous that's, that's what prob- I was wondering Aye, probably was... no doable but if if they could, if all the different promoters could come together and make that happen, that would be epic. Aye, I don't know. I don't think I. That'd be hard. It's unlikely. To do. <laughs> right. Like what? What about pushing a co-main event where I'm a male sort of kind of blockbuster fight where I don't know if it's some like one of the heavyweight fights kind of comes up and the women's kind of re- whatever rematch is coming mm. up or whether whether it's Shields and um, Savannah Marshall. Um, that goes as a co-main event and it's something like a stadium. Yeah, do you see that as being a good move or do you see that I, as kind of sidelining it? I think that would be a good step. Aye. I mean, I think it would be safer to continue with doing the biggest fights possible in the women's divisions and, make, keep, and having them be the headline of the, you know, all eyes on them sort of thing. But um, in terms of next steps for the other, then I, the step up would be 
rather than going back to being on undercards and being lost in the shuffle, make them a big deal as a co-main, co-headliner, you know, put them on all the billboards, sell out a stadium. Like, I don't see why that isn't a thing. Like, obviously UFC kind of lead with that now where there's always a women's fight on the main card. Like, I don't see why boxing avoided that. Well, most of the time there's a women's fight in the main... Well, a lot of times there is women's fights in the main card, especially the numbered sort of pay-per-views with UFC. Mm. Like, you'll always... Whether it's whether it's kind of just below the main event or the main event or opening fight, whatever, you do always see women's fights and amongst the men's fights is the, is the point that I'm trying to get to. But no so mm. much with boxing, really, that I've ever noticed where you'll see, like, maybe a fight or two before whatever the main event I is. Think- the big bothering is that traditionally with boxing, you have a main event, that's the fight. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. The undercard is, is just there to warm up the audience. It's like having a comedian been on tour and they have somebody local oh, come in God. to warm up the crowd. Aye, you know I get what you're saying. Even sometimes it's, it's bloody title fights. You know what I mean? There's, there's guys or women on the undercard fighting for world titles and it's mm-hmm. barely talked about. It's just... It's yep. one of these stupid things about boxing, man. Do you think boxing should take a wee bit of a, sort of a lesson from mixed martial arts in that sense? Is that somewhere, my, obviously, I, in my opinion, is somewhere mass, mixed martial arts really leads boxing mm-hmm. on? I think we're starting to see some of it. Just unfortunately, no, the kind of upper echelons of the sport. But when you've got the likes of like Dazon and stuff like that, where they're putting on a show, like, they're making as many big fights as possible in the one night. You know, they'll be whether it's like one of these kind of more celebrity type hangs or you know, whatever it might be, but they'll they'll have a theme for the shows it were. You know what I mean? And they'll they'll cater to the audience. So like whoever's gonna turn out for the main event, they want an undercard that the audience is also gonna be excited to see, if that makes sense. Mm. Um they're going with that kind of approach. It's a wee bit more like what the the UFC tend to do. Um, I think that the issue just comes down to the fact that that the way boxing's divided and you know like fighters have their own promoters and then the promoters have to co-promote a show and then they need to do a broadcast deal and then you know like they've got their sort of wants and demands and you've got to mm-hmm. cater to the governing bodies and you know like aye, they've got it's to very, be agreeing a po- very convoluted it, aye, it's just a shit show aye aye there's just a lot too many mouths that need feed, fed. That's aye, man. the problem. Aye. Yep. <laughs> too many chefs in the kitchen. Too mm. many hungry birds chirping away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, uh, it's just a, an absolute clusterfuck every time. Um, what, what it needs is like the likes of Showtime, Dazon, whatever you know, like whatever the broadcast partner is, have them become the promoter. Mm-hmm. so then rather than all these guys that are trying to co-promote plus the deals with broadcasters and that, this and that, and that it's just one entity promotes a card no promotes a fight promotes a card so right. then it's the equivalent of having multiple UFCs and Bellators going on mm-hmm. aye aye so it's still fragmented it's not as streamlined as MMA is but at the same time it would be a step up for where they're at the now, man. <laughs> Aye, hell of a, hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that presents its own problems, I suppose, which 
could go into another day <laughs> for what I get the time but I, I appreciate um, it's a deep subject <laughs> it's just it's a headache it's what it is man but <laughs> I it I mean back on point Shields Marshall was phenomenal it was legitimately a fight of the year contender it was a really really fun fight non-stop action high level skills on show um, and that's just starting to become the norm for women's boxing you know what I mean like they've they've got to the point where they are legit world class boxers and mm -hmm. gender doesn't matter, you know what I mean? It's it's not even about that. I mean, there's still, a, you know, subsets of fans where, for whatever reason, you know, they all really go in for women's boxing or men's boxing for one reason or another. Um, and there are some who just want to watch it, you know what I mean? They don't want to see women fighting, that's still a thing as well. Aye. Um, which is a shame. It's still that attitude, aye. It's still there. Um, but I really were at a point where you could have a card be half men, half women, have it be mixed in whatever order and it doesn't need to be like a big song and dance that, oh my God, there's, there's women fighting, let's make sure there's, that the media's covering it. Like, they're just world-class boxers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be that division. So I think it would, it would be, it's, it's time to start having the conversations around the length of the rounds and the number of rounds. So obviously they're still mm. doing their two-minute rounds round three and title fights are 10 rounds round 12. Um, so, I I mean, I everybody's going to, not everybody, but you know, there'll be many different opinions out there. Me personally, I think they should be doing the same as the men. I don't think there's any reason for them not to be. I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't understand that either, I've got to be honest. Um, why, why but, 10 instead of 12, but... On the flip side, it does mean that more often than no, you get fast action-packed fights because it's sh as shorter rounds. I've, I mm -hmm. suppose you've less time to prove yourself, so, didn't you? So you go for it. Aye. Um, pros and cons, as always. But aye, that's yeah. enough of that now. Um, great fight. More to come for the women, as I say. Uh, Kate Taylor's Good. fight next weekend. So, moving on. Let's talk some MMA. So... Um, now let me just actually pull up the number. That would be a wise thing to do. <laughs> so we had UFC Vegas sixty two. Ah, it was UFC 62. Vegas sixty two. It was so. It was headlined by Alexa Grasso and Vivian Arujo. Arujo, and it was a no bad night of fights. It's about. As, as a bit as positive as I'll get um, there, there was you know two or three really good fights great finishes mixed in way no bad fights <laughs> basically um, it's a rare occasion where unfortunately during the main event around about the third round I think it was third round and fourth round I totally switched off man I lost interest which isn't great jeez you know what I mean? When a diehard fan's losing interest in the main event, something's went awry. Um, <laughs> aye, it's one of the things. We'll, we'll come back to that. Let's quickly run through the card. Um, so the, the the opener for the night was Pete Rodriguez defeating Mike Jackson. Ah. It, was actually, it was a good good performance for Rodriguez. Big knockout. Uh, started with a, a very well-timed knee. Um, and then finished him on the ground to a couple of shots. Mike Jackson is the guy who is famed for being a 
journalist, I guess you would call him, um, who had had amateur fights, and then he was signed to UFC to be cannon fodder for CM Punk. <laughs> aye, that's that's why that I made the anoise. Aye. aye, I thought I recognised that name. He went on to beat CM Punk mm-hmm. uh, as CM Punk flushed out the MMA, uh, <laughs> and then he then also went to then go and pop um, in a drugs test. I think it was just for weed or something. It wasn't like he was doped to the eyeballs and steroids or anything, but. Nevertheless, he failed the test for that fight contest. <laughs> really says a lot for CM Punk's MMA ability that a guy can smoke a weed dubey and then dive in there and beat him. <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, nice and chilled, it just just controls him. <laughs> so I so then the guy can disappear to the face of the earth for a couple of years and then he re-emerged earlier this year, won a fight because if I remember rightly, I think he got poked in the eye and couldn't continue another guy get disqualified. I think that's how ah, it went. right. He's no had a great run. Um, so then, you know, there's talk, he's, you know, he's turned a corner and he's progressed in training, yada, yada. And um, <laughs> he got flattened in this fight. So I think mm. that's probably him done with the UFC. Mm. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly. <laughs> I remember, he was just like, wait, I might be getting my fights mixed up here, but was he the one when he dropped he was just like in a sitting position he was just fucking completely done or am I thinking um, a different fight you maybe right. th- uh, I'm currently catching up on Todorovic so he was writing that happens <laughs> he was doing kind of amateurish head movement you know it was like really pronounced and exaggerated side to side head movement so Rodriguez picked up in that well rather his team picked up in that and shouted to him what do they um, so basically through a left jacked him the way down to his left Aye. to avoid it and then he threw the right knee and mm-hmm. sat him down and then finished him with a couple of shots Aye, that's the one he's just sitting there sparked leg Aye. folded behind him just up against the Aye. cage Aye. Like, yep. oh my <laughs> yep. he's sitting there smoking so. smoking a spliff <laughs> helps Aye, me pick my be- shots better boys <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> <the> don't. <mind. laughs> <laughs> fix my shoes, better boys. <laughs> oh, uh, so, <laughs> round one KO. <laughs> uh, moving on up, we had Tatsuro Taira defeating CJ Vergara. This one actually got a performance <laughs> in the night, bonus. Is it no Tatsuro? Uh, what did I say? Sorry, I think you said Tatsuro, but. <laughs> That's the theory, Tats lads. That's Uro. That's Uro Taira. Taira. That's Uro Taira. So it was a second round of Arm Bar submission win. Um, oh, aye. And a wee, a wee bonus for Taira. One of the angles looked yeah. like he was got to snap his forearm in half, man. Many he had it locked in. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was It was a tweet. Tweet like a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Think like a tiger. <laughs> he loves um, gold. Uh, Austin Powell, isn't it? Gold member. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh god. Um. So then we had Piera Rodriguez defeating Sam Hughes. You know, I'm saying. 
Joe Anderson Brito defeating Lucas Alexander via a real naked choke submission. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Aye. When he got it locked in, like Alexander just dropped straight and, poof, and he was still hard <laughs> until <him. laughs> he's just like Doof. I said, "Oh, I just found it funny." I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Alex. Lucas, but Harvey, Harvey finds <laughs> humour in people taking pain and discomfort. <laughs> you should have tapped. <laughs> Tap on that, bro. <laughs> Uh, then we had Jacob Malkoon defeating Nick Maximoff unanimous decision Um, I expected a bit more for that one I've got to say Uh, basically that one is Malkoon is like the understudy to Robert Whittaker and then Mm -hmm. Maximoff's the understudy to the Diaz brothers Mm -hmm. so the the thing with that one was that in, I think first round Maximoff was it second round either first or second round Maximoff picked up what I think is a knee injury I've not seen exactly what the issue was but I think it was his knee he kept fighting he toughed it out to the end but it really limited him in what he was able to do um, so I think it would have probably have been a more entertaining fight should he not have been injured but that is the fight game so um, wasn't the most exciting fight but decent one for Malkoon eked to the unanimous decision um, he's got quite a grappling heavy approach but he, he does have a good bit of, can I promise about him man he's quite talented so see where he goes uh, then we had Mana Martinez defeating Brandon Davis via split decision that one had its moments wasn't the best fight wasn't the worst um, but aye there was a few exchanges in there that were pretty exciting and stuff Moving on to the main card. Uh, main card opened with Alonso Menafield picking up a win over Misha Surkinov. Um, <laughs> that one was a cracking KO, I've got to say. Mm-hmm. Big first round finish. Hi, that was a good one. Where's that Surkinov? He's for like Latvia or something, you know? Um, Misha no, Serbia. 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 Misha Surkinov. Mm-hmm. For some reason, oh, oh, is that? Ah, t- oh, fuck. Maybe I'm getting mixed up. But aye, anyway, it was D- Dodorovic. Aye, that's it. Aye. aye yes. Come back to him a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, aye. So big first round KO for Menafield, man. He he's an interesting character, him, man. He's like two different people. Like when he's fighting, he seems like an absolute like beast, man. Just like a crazy person, and then. Once the fight's by, he's like really reserved and it's hard to get a word at him. Mm. Kind of odd. An odd character. Um, next up, we had Rafael Asunkau defeating Victor Henry. Asunkau, like, rewinding the clock, man. Turning, turning the clock back. He, was, he looked really good in that fight. Victor Henry's a guy that's like had a ton of hype um, mm-hmm. around him. Like, he's. There's, Five years, ten years between them, whatever it was. Um, so I like like Victor Henry, even being the younger guy, less experienced, he was the favourite coming into the fight, so he was the best favourite. Mm. But somehow, just like I don't know, man, he, he just looked like he did five, ten years ago. Looked really mm. good. Is Victor Henry yeah, the? Sorry, was Victor Henry the dude that was um, 
who's a trainer as well as a I believe so. Aye. Aye. He, he, he was he's, he was a coach and I think he came in as like a, a late replacement. Late replacement. Aye. Mm -hmm. Really impressed. So oh he's, God, just see the hair he's got. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Aye, so he's no like, as much as he seems like a young prospect, he is like, I believe he is in his 30s. 35. Um, ah, he's, mm. But he, like, he's, he's, you know, he's definitely the kind of younger less you know less sort of big fight time guy mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm. uh, versus a sun cow um, but a sun cow's you know seemingly like when he's kind of farewell to her mm -hmm. um, you know I mean he's, he's starting to think about retirement so it's like might be he might be kind of on his way to having like a final crack at trying to get some gold and um, we'll see how it goes because he he'd just moved to a new camp and um, he'd started training at um, Randy Couture's place what's it called Extreme Couture in Vegas mm. um, so he's kind of reinvigorated himself right uh, next we had Dusko Todorovic Dusko Todorovic defeating Jordan Wright this one go fight of the night so this was tipped to be fight of the night like it was thought that this one was going to be a barn burner start to finish what actually happened mm -hmm. was Jordan Wright, well, Todorovic instigated a bit of grappling in the first round quite early on. So Jordan Wright thought, okay, let's just have a grappling match. And then turned out, like, transpired first round was pretty boring. Like, no much armed. Mostly grappling. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a bit meh. And the commentators were, like, apologising for, <laughs> for talking it up as much and stuff. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Um, and then second round Todorovic just comes out and starts swinging mm. it looks like just chased him about the place for what Aye. I can see man yep, literally much, man. hunted him down one end <laughs> of the cage to the other back and forth John Wright to his credit tough as nails he kept trying to swing back but he just became a punching bag <laughs> ah, looks pretty beaten, man. pretty brutal man uh, so ultimately, three minutes and twelve seconds of round two TKO victory for Todorovic. Mm -hmm. Right, just oh, I just in full mount rain and fire on him, man. Mm. Wow, man. So he, he no, got the they, they got fight of the night for that like second round alone, basically. Just right. like scratch the first round, forget that happened. Mm. I think it would have been. Like, I think uh, Todorovic gets some kind of props off the back of that I think that does him well in terms of his career but if he'd done that in the first round mm. it would have been so much better for him I think mm -hmm. mm. anyway he looked good so I wonder what is next for him um, co-main event of the evening Jonathan Martinez defeating Cub Swanson and this one was Another performance the night bonus. So Martinez for his TKO victory picks up a performance the night bonus. This was Cub Swanson's bantamweight debut. So he'd fought for a long mm -hmm. time at featherweight, 145 pounds. This was him dropping to bantamweight, 135 pounds. And he looked pretty good. Seemed to make the weight somewhat comfortably. He seemed fast. Whether or not he's still got the same power in his punches that he had at featherweight remains to be seen but 
the story of the fight was the leg kicks for Martinez. This was a rare mm -hmm. leg kick stoppage. Oh, leg God, aye. Oh, wow. Oh, no wonder he kicks him into the air, man. Wow. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Aye. Just looks like he kicks him in the ankle and he's like, ah, nah. It's like something out of Street Fighter, man. You know how it doesn't matter what you do when you hit them at the end of a Street Fighter round, they just go, ah, into the air. Like, he literally kicks him into the air with that leg kick. That is fuck. I don't know what that is fuck means, but that is fuck. Interestingly, Cobb's leg wasn't, it didn't look all bruised up. Mm -hmm. Usually, when somebody's taking heavy fire on the on the leg kicks, the it. legs start to well up, and you, you nah, see the they just it's it's like an eye going bloodshot. The legs just go kind of purple and nasty looking. Yeah, but didn't seem to happen for some reason. Mm -hmm. I've got no medical explanation, but they certainly <laughs> seem to be hurting them. <laughs> so that leads us on to the main event, which was a pretty one-sided affair. It was Alexa Grasso picking up a unanimous decision. Scorecards read as follows. 50 to 45, 49 to 46, and 49 to 46. So a fairly comfortable one for Grasso. And aye, um, it wasn't mm. exciting. Mm. Started out, it wasn't exciting. <laughs> started out decent, but I mean... Literally, when the fight ended, I was like, oh, oh, right, it's bye. Because I had <laughs> totally zoned out. I think I picked up my phone and went to Twitter or something. Like, I'd completely and utterly zoned out after the third round. Because it was just the same thing, I will never again. Mm. Uh, die. Unfortunately. That's what it is. Um, I think that go like, main event status kind of late. I'm not sure if a fight... I'm not sure if a fight fell through. Can I actually think me? But I right, feel like I'm, that only became the main event two or three weeks ago. I'm sure I did see there was fights cancelled mm -hmm. on uh, Google. Google did w show up a couple of cancelled like bouts. Hold Daniel up. Rodriguez, Neil Magny got cancelled. Aye, um, aye, that's yeah. what I'd see. As Magny. Askarov and um thing to get cancelled and all. Is Magny and Rodriguez big enough to main event that? Is it? Mm. Is that, I, know, I mean, I know Magny's got a bad name. Aye. I know Magny's. Ask her, ask her Neil, Magny's Neil Magny's basically a legend at this point. Mm. Aye. Yeah. Ask her, ask her off in Brandon Royval. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. oh, Aye, they were two fights who were pulled. Foul off. That was an interesting one. Um, so, asking off, missed weight. Mm -hmm. And then... It was offered to him to do a catchweight, and Roy Val accepted, but it was ask, asking off that turned it down. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> so he misses weight, he gets offered something, and then he says, Oh, actually, never mind, I didn't even want to fight. It makes you wonder if he missed weight on purpose. I just didn't <laughs> fancy it. it I oh, just wasn't into it. I've missed weight. Oh, well, don't worry. Listen, we'll do this instead. Ah, I'm kind of injured to you, lad. Sorry. Uh, it's, like, it's like the equivalent of like uh, Peter Griffin doing the sale knee. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> just keep asking him, mate, right, we're going to let you fight. 
<laughs> get no, no, up. No, miss, miss, ah. miss weight, mate. I, I'm sorry, like the skills, you know what I mean? I missed like the skills say the weight. Oh, no, but no, but it's a catch weight, so it's what no, no, I missed weight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about the story. But then it gets funny. Aye. It gets more interesting because then apparently the they then said they they could rebook the fight for sometime in November, I forget the date. And he turned out right. as well. Mm. She really doesn't want to fight this boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's really, really not into it. <laughs> like Consuela. No. 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 We'll make a catch with then. No. 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 I go home. I go home. No. <laughs> <laughs> I no fight. I no fight in November. No. <laughs> Cutting a bit long for lemon pledge. That's <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> why the greatest Family Guy fucking cutscenes that there. We need more lemon pledge. Talking to the judges. <laughs> <week>. <laughs> fucking genius, man. Oh, classic. Oh dear. Right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have on Friday night UK time anyway UK time we have I think it'll be Saturday morning for you Harvey possibly uh, but Friday night for us we have one on Prime Video 3 so one championship mm-hmm. is back and the main event, oh, actually, worth noting, um, it's coming at you live and in colour from Kuala Lumpur. Oh, aye. Kuala Lumpur. the Axiata Arena in Kuala Lumpur. For reasons. Um, main event of the evening is a bantamweight world championship bout. So... Former UFC fighter John Lineker is defending his bantamweight title against fellow Brazilian Fabricio Andrade. So that'll be a cracker. That's a good main event. Uh, And then there is some really good fights on the card, I've got to say. Um, So it's a bit of a mix of stuff, as always, for one. Um, I've got to say, one championship is kind of becoming my favourite promotion. It's right up there with UFC now for me. I think... Oh, no, always, but like, like, compare a generic one event to like a UFC Vegas bloody blah. I'd rather watch one. That's where we're at. Aye, aye. UFC pay per views tip the scales, generally speaking, mm-hmm. just slightly. But aye, I really enjoy what, what one put together. So uh, we've got women's atom weight and men's bantam. Oh, no, that's my time. So we've got women's atom weight. Kicking it off, uh, MMA. Then we've got men's bantamweight Muay Thai and flyweight Muay Thai. And then rounding off the lead card is an interesting fight. So in the last um, Prime Video Show uh, event, we had Mikey Musamechi, or whatever you say his name, becoming the first ever uh, one grappling world champion. Aye. Uh, f- <laughs> Flyweight division, I want to say. Um, Pantomweight, maybe. Whatever. Um, Whatever division it is, I'm not sure. Um, So, heading up the lead card uh, is Cade Rotolo 
one half mm, of the Rotolo brothers. Mm -hmm. He's taken on Yuali Kurzev of Russia. And they are fighting for the lightweight submission grappling world championship. And I just want to say, just I just want to take a second just to say that that's like must watch just because Cade Rotolo is like well, I suppose the, the, the two of them, the brothers, but Cade in particular, mm -hmm. that lad is making history right now. He oh, just, yeah. last week, I think it was, two weeks ago, he won the ADCC yep. trials, the championship. Like the, He won like the, the mecca, you know what I mean? The Olympics, the whatever, like the top title in submission grappling. Uh, in submission, yeah. mm -hmm. He's the youngest ever person to win that. He won it at 19. Yep. And not only did he win it at 19, he submitted every opponent on route mm -hmm. to winning, which is like unheard of, man. There's always one or two fights or matches, whatever you want to call them, that go the distance and it's a decision win. Mm -hmm. He submitted everybody at 19. That lad is next level. So I'm yep. very much expecting him to walk through Kurzev. I don't think I don't really know anything about Kurzev, if I'm being honest. But mm -hmm. I don't see how he beats Cade. Cade is just on another level right now. So yeah. I'm really interested to see how that match go, match up goes. I remember when I first found out about them, and I was just like, you know, watching the Instagram videos and then just watching videos of them. I'm just like, woof. Two of them are awesome, like twins, but but like I Cade is he's better than his brother. Like there's there's mm. no doubt, you know what I mean? Um yep. his brother is very, very good as well. So uh, it's mm -hmm. crazy that the two of them are like uh, the two of them will be at the top for yep. a long time. Cade um, Cade is Cade is a three time world champion at Brown Belt level. Mm -hmm. He was a Pan American champion and he won a European open something or other title as well like as a fucking teenager mm -hmm. and now he's right. just won the ADCC like it is ridiculous how good he is for his age mm -hmm. worth noting obviously the two of them started at three years old so they've they've got yeah. like 16 <laughs> years of training it's not as if they just walked into it a couple of years ago and were just naturally amazing like they have they've right. worked at it for years but still like he's no at 19 he's no fully grown and filled out and developed you know what I mean exactly like, that lad's going to be a force for years to come right so uh, um Mikey Musumeki is a flyweight he's one of the flyweights his nickname though is Darth Rigatoni hi because <laughs> <laughs> he eats nothing but pasta and pizza <laughs> kind of sounds he's, like me effectively he's um, he was one he was on uh, Joe Rogan Experience. Um, mm -hmm. Any any good story about MDA they were fighting, it's like, I remember he was once interviewed with Joe Rogan, he was on the Joe Rogan <laughs> Joe Rogan may have spoken <laughs> to him at least once. <laughs> but I know he was, he was on Joe Rogan Experience a couple of months ago. And mm -hmm. his diet is strange. Like, straight up strange. <laughs> he has one meal a day. What? One meal oh, a day. Oh, so he, he, he does the old sort of one meal kind of big load kind of diet, Aye. right? So he he will have in one meal he'll have like a massive serving of pasta. It's like a fucking four four person family serving a pasta, right. and then he'll, he'll have like a, a full pizza and then some munchies. Mm. 
he'll just like he'll take like two hours or whatever and he'll just make a ton of food and just gorge on it and then that's him 24 hours so just non-stop <laughs> it's crazy man um, I mean I I, 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 try it. <laughs> I can kind of see the science behind it by the way because the one thing I hate when mm-hmm. when I'm exercising is is having food sitting in your belly for like even mm. an hour and a half before eating like so get what you're mm-hmm. eating by get your digestion by and then it's work time like mm-hmm. I kind of get what that is as far as kind of the the thought mm-hmm. behind it for right. a personal I mean for how it works scientifically I don't know how that's very sensible <laughs> but I mean the the what do you call it uh, intermittent fasting's quite big these that's, days there seems to be a lot uh, of science ah, it's all the rage isn't mm-hmm. it the intermittent fasting yeah. kind of diets oh, I mean any diet the one it lads you'll find the for and against I mean look that at bloody work, Jordan right. Peterson's daughter with the, the carnivore diet saying it's curing mm. every, every physical ailment and all that like yep mm-hmm. it's aye there's there's always something mm, Jordan Peterson himself did a did a like meat only diet didn't he aye well he does it too I and, think the carnivore mm-hmm. diet aye aye uh, um, but he with him it was for health I don't know some health for, aye aye and then he was like by doing it his health has improved a lot or whatever I was like Phew. Cool. I don't know if mine's well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's what his daughter to. claims as well is that being <laughs> carnivorous only is yeah. is um, mm. good for her health but there's, there's many out there, nuts there's many out there who put that down to the fact that they're effectively on an, an elimination diet so like mm. there would be mm-hmm. things in their diet previously that were causing them issues you know through yep. causing inflammation in their body or mm-hmm. reactions or whatever and be just eating meat like yep. the the I, I, which is probably more what it is, yeah. by the way, lads. Like, but anyway, that is probably this, this isn't not a nutrition. I sorry, <laughs> Peterson cast. <laughs> but I sent you a video like Michael. Okay. Um, well, I didn't just notice you in the group because I watched a few days uh-huh. ago, and it was a couple of so it was Cade and his brother, um, Caden Ty, yeah. and then what's the anyway doesn't matter there's a uh, few of them that they they were what they watched uh, Michael Maseki I think that's who it is I um, and they they talk about his his fight when he um, when he bet in a mar- in a, in, aye, Imanari Imanari aye, aye. Um, to get the title and you can uh-huh. see, when they break it down and they're just like talking about it like oh see when he's doing that Imanari thinks that he's got the upper hand, but he's not because Mikey's doing this and it's like they break mm. down proper good man. It's really interesting. Aye. Oh, the, Aye. the the intelligence that the mm-hmm. the lads have, like the Rotolo brothers and Mikey. Like mm-hmm. and, and other guys, you know, man, um Bichetcher, the heavyweight. Um, oh, he was you know, the, he, he, he he was one day, them too. sorry. <laughs> he was he was <laughs> so he was there's, there's a few of them that they, they they like operate at a different level mentally as well as physically. Like they mm-hmm. they're playing chess with the human body. Like you know, what I mean, they're they're Aye. three, four, five steps ahead of what. Like they're they're deliberately putting their hand or their arm or their leg or their foot or their whatever somewhere so that you mm-hmm. react Think. to that, mm-hmm. so that they can do something that then you react to, so that they can do something else that then eventually sets up something. Yep, it's it's crazy, man. Um, anyway. Moving on for the grappling. 
more MMA action. We have uh, Jeremy Miado, Daniel Williams, Strawweight. Then we have Kim J. Wung, Shamil Gasanoff, Featherweight. Then we're on to the Muay Thai. Uh, now, there's a question mark here. So we've got Superlek versus Jit Mung Nyong, um, Flyweight Muay Thai, Grand Prix final. However, I read something about Superlek potentially being injured, so that fight might get pulled. So I don't know uh-huh. if then there's an alternate because would that be in the Grand Prix final? I don't know if they postpone it or if there's an alternate that steps in for Superlek. Um, mm. There's nothing on the one website um, about that yet, but I, I did read some yesterday uh, about Superlek being injured, so we shall see about that one. Uh, then we've got the lightweight Muay Thai world title on the line. Uh Rijan Irsel def- uh, defending his title against Sinsamut Klinmi. Interesting one there. Uh, and then obviously, main event, as I said, John Lineker and Fabricio Andrade for the Bantamweight MMA title. So, cracking that fights as always with one championship. Looking forward to mm-hmm. it. So, then we have on Saturday night from the Etihad Arena in Abu Dhabi. UFC 280 so what I want to do here is I'm going to very quickly run through the card and then I want to do predictions from each year's for the main card fights so the I've card heard. is as follows from bottom to top Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos Carol Rosa versus Lena Landsberg Malcolm Gordon versus Mohamed Mokaev Armin Petrosian versus AJ Dobson Love a bit of Petrosian. Abu Bakar, Abu Bakar, Nurmagomedov versus Gadze Omar Gadziev. Magomed Mustafayev versus Yamato Nishikawa. Zubaraya Tukagov versus Lucas Almeida. Volkan Ozdemir versus Nikita Krylov. Mahmoud Muradov versus Kayo Boralo. Bilal Mohamed making his return versus Sean Brady. Then on to the main card, we've got Petra Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Caitlin Chukagian versus Manon Furio. Benel Dariush versus Matthias Gamro. And then co-main event, Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight title. And Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev for the <laughs> lightweight title. What a card. <laughs> what a night mm-hmm. of fights that's going to be man ah, I'm buzzing I'm fucking buzzing so absolutely buzzing Petrian versus Sean O'Malley who's your pick and if you can put it in one sentence why <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh god hmm I I think I'll go Sean O'Malley. Ooh. <laughs> just, have it A. Smith um, controversy. Sugar uh, Sean. Can you give us a while? Um, it's too complicated. It's not too complicated. I think he just, he's a very high level, um, his skill set is very high level in terms of um, striking. Mm-hmm. I think with him being Longer, lankier. Well, I longer, really. Mm-hmm. He can keep Peter Yan at bay 
keep okay. guessing. Just mix okay. it up. Aye, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> All right. Paul? Aye. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way. I believe Pierre Yano win. And that is just down to top level experience mm. as to who he's been fighting recently. Nothing against Sean O'Malley. Love Sean O'Malley. I just worry that it's too big a step up too quick. Hope fair, it isn't, though. I would love fair, to be. sensible, logical on. approach for Paul. Mm-hmm. Aye. <laughs> actually, aye. <laughs> I am picking Sean O'Malley in that fight. And the reason I'm picking him is because of what Paul said. <laughs> I think that Peter Yan. Right. I don't think he'll be too cocky, but I do think that he will go in there with a chip on his shoulder, uh, thinking he's going to walk through Sean O'Malley. And I think if he overextends, overcommits on a shot, Sugar Sean's going to mm-hmm. catch him with a straight right, and he's going to floor him. I don't think he puts him out with one shot, but I think he, he catches Pierre and we saw him and shocks him, drops him, finishes him on the deck. That's how I, that's how mm-hmm. I envision it. But it's, it's a really interesting matchup. It's it's like lose lose for Peter Yan almost. He doesn't gain much in winning that fight. And if he if he loses, he loses big. Um, Sean O'Malley, it's a no brainer. If he loses, he can say lost to a former champion. Um, you know it was a big step Learning up, but experience. he's going to bounce back. Blah de blah. Mm-hmm. But if he wins, man, he's catapulting himself into title picture. Right, Kellynch Gagan, Man and Fero, what are we thinking? Harvey, I guess you're first again. Wait, sorry. Who? who? Ka- what? Caitlin Chukagian, Alan and Fiero. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I podcast. Aye. Who? What? What? No, who? I just, for some reason, I, I didn't hear the names. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't really know. Um, Chukagian with the MMA and UFC experience, Fiero with a striking. Advantage probably. Uh, I mean, obviously Shakeyan's got more experience and stuff, and but just what Max said. Bye. Uh, <laughs> not like it. Right. Times against us. Make a pack. T- talking to myself. Uh, fuck it. I'll go with um, Manan Furio for, for uh, I Furio. <laughs> fuck whatever. However you say. Remember the French name. <laughs> Manon. That's who. What? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Aye, last with the French name. I'll go with her. I'll go with the dad part. Right, Paul, who are you picking? <laughs> right, um, I'm also going to go with Manon Fioro uh, simply because she's the fun fighter going in with nine straight wins. So you would you would imagine with that kind of run that potentially she extends that. Okay, mm. fair, logical. Um, so I'm bringing lads. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the striking if Fiora's going to be too much for Chikagian but my gut says Chikagian catches her way saw him in the grappling whether it's just you know eking it out decision wise through takedowns or whether actually submitting her I don't know but my gut says Chikagian has too much in the grappling front again Chikagian's got more high level experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So interesting matchup. It is an interesting fight, definitely is. Next to Joanne Calderwood and all that. No. Um sorry. Benil Dariush, Matthias Gamrot, Harvey. Did you hear the names this time? 
Oh, do you mean it's not easy to do so? He's in the way he's up. He's going to be. He's in the fucking way up. Gamrot and Dirish. Ah, you know it. <laughs> um, literally, I don't even know. I, I, honestly, I'm not even familiar with any of the names. I swear to God. Damn. Gamrot so was I, the one that beat Shurukin last, I remember. Wasn't he? And Shurukin uh, was somebody yep. that was maybe quite good. Ah, mm. oh, well, well, obviously they've not done enough for me to, for them to stick in my brain. So, <laughs> fuck it, we'll go with Gamrot. <laughs> Just because. Okay, Paul. Aye. Again, I'm similar to Harvey. Really, um, I don't really have very much knowledge of uh, Darius going in. Gamrot did have that one against Sarukian, who was kind of seen as I think somebody who's potentially going to be quite good, wasn't he? <sighs> Am I right in saying Sarukian? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Gamrot just surely out a uh, best, better record than the fact that I know him. Right. Cool. Uh, for me, Darius has the slight striking advantage. He's got more of a technical kind of tie boxing style. But I feel like Gamrot's the, the fighter that's on form. And I, th I think that, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but he's got like that extra something, you know what I mean, that extra gear. So I think he'll be, I think he'll find a way, is sort of thing. So I, I see him getting past Darius. Okay. Call me an event. Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw, Bantamweight title. Can Funky get it done? Or is Killer Shaw back on top? Harvey. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I TJ Dillashaw will take this one, and I don't really have a reason. It's just something in my gut to say that you know he's going to. I think he's getting made a boot. Stylistically, no a great mm. matchup for Dillashaw, but Aye, he is a former champion. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just think it's just, I just think Dillashaw will win. Fair. Honestly. Mm. Paul? I think this is a fight that's going to ask a lot of questions about where Dillashaw is as a fighter. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe the answer will be that he's at the end of his career, I think. Even Ooh. though it's no particularly a super long career as far as fight numbers go, I reckon Sterling will win and uh, will win comfortably. The big kind of absences and all the kind of recent Controversy around Dillashaw will, will uh, tell here, I think. Interesting. So, this one is very much grappler versus striker. Um, although Dillashaw comes from a wrestling background, throughout his MMA career, he's moved more and more towards being a kickboxer. Um, mm -hmm. This, I think, will be... I think there'll be similarities here between Ster this and Sterling's first fight with Peter Ryan. Um it's a question of can Sterling use his wrestling to control the fight can he get his takedowns in can he tire TJ Dillashaw out or can TJ Dillashaw catch Sterling and finish him with striking I think it'll be really hard for Dillashaw to win by decision no impossible especially mm. if Sterling can't hit his takedowns and then you know has to fall back on his striking Mm. So I think for me, TJ Dillashaw gets the win. Oh, interesting. I think. But I think it's going to be hard because I do think Sterling will be able to take him down a few times. So Aye, it's, I it's, think he's going to have Sterling to, dominates, I think, he's going to have to survive the ground game early 
and land more and more strikes as the fight goes on. So there will be questions asked and probably answered for both of them. Um, and kind of to your point, Paul, I don't think TJ Dillashaw's got too long left. I think he's put like a lot of years on himself through training and weight cutting and everything else. I think his, his career will be kind of cut short because of that. So it's kind of do or die in a way. You know what I mean? He has to push on. He has to be the champ now because it'll be hard. If he loses this, it'll be hard for him to fight long enough to, to get himself back into title fight again. But I think some, we said that before when the injury happened to him. We said his, his career was now in a very shortened time limit. Mm. This will tell you how short. Yep. It'll definitely be interesting though, man. Sterling is no joke he's a really good wrestler so it will be very interesting main event right talking of wrestling dear me main event Charles Oliveira Islam Makachev who and why Harvey <laughs> I fucking no idea <laughs> <laughs> that's a good you answer you can make arguments for either one that's a literally. good answer um, Dan uh, Hardy literally Dan Hardy does a he, he does like a breakdown show with mm-hmm. BT Sport um, and he tweeted out that he said he did I forget how many hours it was but he spent hours watching footage of the two of these guys and making notes and putting his breakdown together for the fight and he said that he could not pick a winner mm-hmm. it's a really really interesting matchup I literally literally don't know and usually if I don't know like I'll be like oh well I like him so but I I like all two of them so I I was rooting for a draw I mean hopefully it's not a draw (laughs) (laughs) no one thing I'm sure right I'm not sure who's going to win I'm sure there's fucking going to be Sparks flying man in that one. It's, I know that much. Um, I can't choose. Cool. I will accept Aye. that. Um, I'm I'm similar, but a bit of me does believe that this is Makachev's um, crowning moment here. Right. You're, I think you're looking at the 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 evolution of uh, Khabib and Khabib yeah. training him along with a. Uh, the warrior culture that he lives in because that isn't a that isn't a fight team that is a way of life that they boys have yeah mm-hmm. uh, oh, it literally is it, it is it's a way of life it's, it's not just training it is about how they live their lives how they treat mm-hmm. one another treat others treat their families how they how they yep. conduct themselves it, it, is, it is just a different level for anything else in any form of combat sports and for that reason I think it's Makachev that wins, but fucking hell, is he going to have to go through hell to get there with Oliveira? Because that is a warrior. I, I'm honestly cannot wait, lads. Can't wait. I hope so, that was one sentence. For me, <laughs> I see this as the final act of Charles Oliveira's biopic movie being written. Mm-hmm. Um, you love a movie story. I do. I you love, love a movie. movie. Mm-hmm. I love a, I love a, a movie being played out I feel like Makachev makes too many mistakes still he's he's, mm-hmm. he's like right there man he's so so good 
but Oliveira is just a lion. He's showing that like he will refuse to die in any situation. So I think he catches Makachev with something. Mm-hmm. It's enough to get his attention, but no enough to stop the takedown. And I think Makachev takes him down. But mm-hmm. then I think he's compromised by whatever Oliveira catches him with. And I think Oliveira submits him for the bottom. That's my wild prediction. But my wild prediction goes one step Totally forward. doable. I think there's All a right. rematch. And I think mm. in the rematch, Makachev brutalises him. I think this is like the final bit of like, evolution that Makachev needs to go through. Possibly. He needs to learn the lesson here. To show up the defences and to no be wild. Because sometimes he's wild with striking. It's worked mm-hmm. out for him in the past. I mean, he's knocked guys out by throwing wild overhand lefts try to reach in for takedowns and pretty much accidentally knocking a guy out because all he wanted to do was distract for the takedown attempt but mm-hmm. he's you know landed big shots and hurt guys um, but it's it's loose and it's wild and I think against a striker like Oliveira he's going to make him pay for something like that mm. so I think Makachev learns his lesson in this fight and then goes in a tear that's, that's my wild prediction interesting so it's going to be a cracker though going to be a cracker the 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 last hurrah for Laura Oliveira. But I I'm looking forward to it, man. What a what a weekend of fights. Yeah. And then as I say earlier, Katie Taylor, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday night. Katie Taylor's boxing, so mm. it's another cracking weekend of combat sports. Very much looking forward to it. Any final thoughts, lads? I have nothing, mate. I'm all thoughted out. No. No. Just obviously share your share your thoughts that it's a good weekend. <laughs> I don't rethink and no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well in that case, if you have been, thank you very much for listening. I've been Mick, they have been Harvey and Paul. Uh see you again next week. Bye driver. <laughs> that, that's Cheers, right. guys and gals and everybody else. Bye. <laughs>